Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at pigskinpodnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. Matt is here with me. We're going to recap the Saints-Buccaneers game, talk a little news and notes, and we will preview the Thursday night football game. Matt, how's everything been going for you up in... It's probably cold, Colorado. I don't know. I don't, this weather has been crazy. It was cold. I had a sweatshirt on. Now it's hot. I don't. I don't know what's going on anymore. I mean, it was uh, supposedly fifty degrees today. Uh, I've been so busy. I've been in my office. So in my office, it's uh, sixty-nine degrees. So it's pretty nice. Yeah, nice. That that's exactly what you're supposed to say after uh, after someone says sixty-nine. All right, let's talk a little bit here about this Monday night football game where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are able to. Hold off and beat the New Orleans Saints 17 to 16. I feel like we talked a little bit about this during the preseason, during the season. Like the Saints seemed to think they were a team that could compete. I distinctly remember saying they probably should just rebuild, tear it down, trade Kamara, everybody they could, and try and rebuild here quickly. Like, what are you expecting of them now? I mean, I know Andy Dalton's getting a lot of hate. I don't necessarily think he's the issue here with the Saints, but they're just not a good – they're not – I shouldn't say they're not a good – they're not a great football team. They're not a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, we, we aren't seeing incredible um, production out of the run game. They've had massive injuries up and down the offensive line. Uh, 
Taysom Hill is not non-ironically a focal point of the offense at tight end. Juwan Johnson was out. Michael Thomas uh, was supposed to be back this year. We were supposed to get, you know, Jarvis Landry in there. Neither of them have really been a factor. I like what Chris Olave is doing. Um, you know, and I liked the chemistry that Dalton was developing with Johnson. It's unfortunate that he's not out there, but that Adam Troutman pick doesn't look like it hit. Defensively, we've seen them fall off a little bit. They've been missing a lot of people too. You know, we missed the Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans ejection uh, from Monday night because Marshawn couldn't get on the field. Um, and, you know, they, even despite all that, they should have won that game that, you know, they were up 16 to three with three minutes left. That's not really, in my opinion, on Dalton, great defensive play by the Buccaneers to knock away that pass to Taysom Hill. Maybe you question the call that they made there, but Andy Dalton made a beautiful throw to Hill that if he holds on to that ball, the Buccaneers can't get it back. Um, you know, as someone who watched their own team lead for, what is it, 59 and a half minutes before giving up the ghost with 28 seconds left, I felt the Saints' pain. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that I've felt that too for a lot of this year with uh, the Browns leading almost the entire game and then giving up the lead. And then Jacoby Brissett getting them right down, right, right as they're about to win it, and then throws an interception or something happened. But yeah, I just, it's, it's a weird team. They're like in this weird, I, I almost feel like their roster is either really old or really young. I don't feel like there's a good middle group here for the Saints. I'm going to be very curious to see what they do because I believe Dalton can become a free agent after this year. I want to say Winston still technically has one more year on his deal, but it doesn't feel like they want to go back to Winston. They have not played him practically all season after after you know he got um, who's uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for here? Baseball player who got replaced. I can't. Wally Pipped. Yeah, he got. Feels like he got Wally Pipped by. I mean, Andy he Dalton. got Phil Sims. I mean, that's yeah, what happened to yeah. Phil Sims. Jeff Hostel went to the, and won the Super Bowl for the Giants. Yeah, there's bad energy there. Ian Book looks like a worse choice all the time there in somewhat of salary cap hell. Um, you know, the real question, I think, for the Saints is they rode that middle ground this offseason that we saw some of these other teams do, like where the Falcons were a year ago, not wanting to just absorb a bunch of dead cap with a – Poor roster, so they tried to add a few pieces and push their chips in on getting back to the playoffs, and it just hasn't panned out for them. The question is, this offseason, do, do you move on? That Michael Thomas contract looks worse every year we go forward. He just can't get on the field. The Jarvis Landry signing was kind of an exciting. He's going back home. It hasn't worked out. They have a good building piece in Olave, but they have they need help on the offensive line. We don't know what they're doing at quarterback. They might be well served to try to trade some of their top players to try to get picks. But is the franchise willing to do that? And what does that mean for Dennis Allen? Dennis, Dennis Allen kind of got the hometown, you were already here uh, job, but I don't know if that provides a lot of job security. Am I back? I yeah, you're for back. A I couldn't tell if it's your Okay, opinion. okay. I was like, uh, everything stopped. Uh, this is probably me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I'm gonna be very curious to see what the what the Saints end up doing here. I, I just I don't think that they're in a a good place. Yeah. Are we encouraged at all about the Buccaneers' offense after this comeback? 
I'm going to say I actually am encouraged because um, one thing we noted uh, going in, uh, you know, and Dennis and I talked about this on Monday is Tom Brady does not play well against the New Orleans Saints in the regular season. He hasn't since he went to Tampa Bay. Wins have been almost impossible to come by, even when Tampa Bay's had a much stronger team. So the fact that with three minutes left after Brady had a minor meltdown on the sideline when they elected to punt at one point in time that they were able to come back and get two touchdowns and pull out that win and get back to six and six, I think is a great sign. They have a tough game against San Francisco, but they catch a little bit of a break in that Jimmy G is out. Now you can start piling up some wins, maybe building some momentum. We saw Atlanta lose again. Carolina is there and this really kind of knocks the saints out of it. So I think the Buccaneers are actually building a little momentum and securing their playoff spot. I was, you know, they weren't incredible, but I did think it was a little encouraging. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think it's hard to doubt Brady, right? Even though he hasn't been, you know, the Brady we've seen probably the last two decades, they have a tough schedule ahead of them though. I mean, 49ers, maybe a winnable game now with Brock Purdy at quarterback, not having Jimmy G. And then you get the Bengals. Cardinals is probably, I'll take that back. I didn't realize. Then Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons, those are all winnable games. So, yeah, they, they, this is a big win for them. And they could very easily be vaulting themselves for they were the leaders in the AFC, or AFC, the NFC South, correct? Uh, the yeah, they were yeah. the already the leaders, and now they will have, um, you know, because the Falcons and the Saints have late buys. Um, Saints and Panthers are on four wins. Falcons are on five wins, but they have eight losses, so they're two back in the loss column. So they're um, two and a half games back, I believe. I think they're they're shaping up. The they can open that to, um, or they're a game and a half back. They can open that to a full two game lead uh, if they get a win on Sunday and move to seven and six. All right, so some news has come out over the past couple days. We're going to go through all of those really quick. Uh, The first one, Baker Mayfield was claimed by the Los Angeles Rams. uh, Was cut, was it Tuesday? Monday? Yeah, Monday. It was kind of a surprise, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. It's it's not been great. I think he kind of asked for it, too. He said they're not going to start him to let him go. They cut him. The Rams grab him, which makes some sense in the fact that obviously they don't have a quarterback. Matt Stafford dealing with a spinal contusion and concussions, probably done for the season. Do we? Ex- I we can't expect Baker to play tomorrow, right? With, with um, him just now signing is going to be John Walford. John Walford has a neck injury. That was part of why they went out and got Baker Mayfield. So I think the option was either Bryce Perkins. Uh, you know, I know Walford's technically listed as questionable, but they said there was a neck injury, and it's very possible he's going to have to go on season-ending IR. Stafford is on IR. You wouldn't think they would put Baker out there, but I have no idea. Yeah, that's um, going to be interesting because I, I can't imagine the Panthers or the Browns ever ran any kind of offense the way that Sean McVay did. So you're talking about him getting in there today and having two days to be prepared for this. I, I, I mean, the Raiders have been a 
not so great team, but still to throw them out there two days in like that seems insane to me. I would be very surprised if, if they end up doing that, but we will find out. I mean, they may not have a choice if, if John Wofford is not able to play in this game. Well, you could get, I guess, a steady dose of Bryce Perkins. The Rams are yep. not really playing for anything. They're three and nine. They have no receivers. He might actually be going to a worse offensive setup and situation than he had in Carolina, which is almost hard. Oh, to he for sure is. And I also think that kind of sucks for him because this is probably his last chance to like do anything, or like try and reboost his draft stock, right? Like he's not going to. He's never going to, I think, become what we, or at least what I hoped he was going to be after he got drafted. But, I mean, like, we've already known this dude struggles when he gets pressure and the offensive line's not good, and the Rams probably have arguably the worst one in the NFL at the moment, maybe outside the Texans. So I don't know that it's going to help him much there. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit worried for my boy Baker Mayfield. So Vaughn Miller injured his knee. I feel like that was three or four weeks ago. He had said that he was hopefully going to be able to come back and play this year. It does not look like that is going to happen. It has now been announced that he is out for the rest of the year. Yeah, that was a shocking turn of events for Vaughn um, because, you know, I remember at one point in time they were talking about him. He was himself talking about just taking 10 days off to rest and then playing in this Jets game. Then they put him on IR, which I thought was a little bit surprising. And then today now they're saying it's a torn ACL, which so obviously they found something on further testing that is pretty grim. And I think that's a blow for Buffalo, kind of a bummer for Vaughn. I imagine if they won the Super Bowl, he'd still get that Super Bowl ring, but I know he was excited to potentially play in a Super Bowl, his third Super Bowl with his third different team. I don't know what is going on here, but this is driving me crazy. Um, Jimmy G unfortunately injures his ankle and is was his now. Did it come out that he had he broke his damage? foot? Broke he his broke foot. his okay. foot. Um, they had thought, I think, that he had a Liz Frank injury, and instead now he doesn't have a Liz Frank injury. Um, so there is an outside – yesterday it was there's an outside chance he could be back for the playoffs. I saw an updated report today that says that's murky. I believe that we should still pretty much consider him out for the year. For the purposes of what they were talking about, the the outside shot he had at returning would be like late January, which means that the 49ers who are tracking to play on wild card weekend would probably have to have a um, wild card game playing without him. So I, I would think, you know, if you're trying to plan for everything, um, then I'm not planning on Jimmy G, which leaves them in an interesting situation. They have Brock Purdy. Uh, out there. He's going to start this week. I thought he looked somewhat decent uh, when he came off the bench against the Dolphins. Was Mr. Irrelevant, so that's kind of a a unique and different thing. They also pulled veteran Josh Johnson. He was on Denver Broncos practice squad, so I guess that's an option. But for a team that pushed a lot of things in um, to make a Super Bowl this year, that's certainly a blow. And for us, for fantasy purposes, we won't see Jimmy G. I'm, I'm to me, when I was looking at rankings this week, I sort of downgraded the receivers. I would think this might be a little more pressure on Christian McCaffrey and the running game. Uh, not a easy matchup this week as they go in against Tampa Bay. Uh, Matt step away for a minute, but also up on there is uh, – 
Odell Beckham Jr. We keep getting told at some point he's going to sign. He's done a tour now. He stopped in Buffalo. He stopped and met with the Giants. And most recently on Monday, he met with the Dallas Cowboys. It seems like it came out from the Cowboys that they have concerns about whether he's actually ready to be back on the field. And that has been a question all along. OBJ obviously tore that ACL during the Super Bowl, which was in last February. A lot of people thought he wouldn't be able to return until early December at the earliest. Now people are saying he wouldn't actually be ready to play on that until some point in January. And I think that's why there's some hedging. I still think he's going to end up signing somewhere where that somewhere is, is difficult to say. Um, Buffalo Bills would be interesting in that they probably don't need him right away. With the way Michael Gallup played on Sunday night, the Cowboys might be feeling a little bit better about their receiver prospects. It's also looking like James Washington is really close to returning, so that gives the Cowboys some more depth. And the question I would have with the Giants is probably whether Odell Beckham could do enough to help the Giants. So still seems like there's interest in him. The big question is which of those three teams would be willing to pull the trigger. And now with the new reports that he might not be ready to play until mid-January, I think this pretty much means those that were holding on, hoping for like a late season or playoff boost from OBJ can probably let go of that. I don't know if you have any thoughts, Matt. disappeared again um the final news and notes uh in a little bit of a surprising move the tennessee titans fired their general manager john robinson and we only say it's surprising because the titans are currently seven and five and in first place in the afc south they look like a near lock to win the afc south and make uh you know and have a great shot at making the playoffs um so uh, it's kind of a little bit surprising, but then again, it isn't. One of the things, you know, if you were here on Monday, Dennis and I talked about the Titans and their roster, and they've had a real struggle with some lack of talent, um, not being able to put together a lot of skill position players on offense. And I think that's taken a real uh, toll on um you know, real toll on the Titans and their ability to compete. So I think this is maybe a little bit of a commentary that while they like the job that Mike Vrabel is doing as head coach uh, and that they've been able to compete, they don't feel like the roster is in the shape that it needs to be. So the Titans electing to move on from John Robinson, be curious to see who they get and to see if their philosophy changes. Uh, they're a team that for a couple of years now has really done, I guess, addition by subtraction in terms of wide receivers. They let AJ Brown, go. Um, they tried to bring in Robert Woods. That didn't really work. The draft pick of Traylon Burks seems like a good one. He's had trouble staying on the field. I actually kind of liked the potential of the guys they brought in this offseason, but it really hasn't worked. Uh, and I think this must just be a statement that they're not happy with the direction of the roster. I don't know. You're not a big fan of Tennessee's offense either. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but I think this is Probably a vote of confidence toward Vrabel. Although I'm going to be interested to see what happens now with the GM that they hire. Because typically when the GMs are gone, 
even if you bring in a new one, typically beforehand, like they want to bring in their own coach. If you have a old coach hold held over and they bring in those GMs and it's not their guy, it typically doesn't work out. So I'm very curious to see what this means for Vrabel. I mean, again, they, they're having a much better season than I expected them to. Like I, I I've, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I picked them to be last place or right with the Texans in last place in the AFC South. They're at seven and five. They're probably going to make the playoffs again. Cause they're going to win the AFC South. Like nobody else is going to challenge in that division. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't think that they've been horrible drafting. I, I I'm sure some of this is probably going to probably has something to do with, um, uh, with the trade of AJ Brown too, would be my guess. I, I imagine well, that probably didn't help. They've had a lot of signings and draft picks that haven't panned out. Um, and so to me, this is a, we're really impressed with what Mike Vrabel has been able to do considering what we've given him. It feels like that's kind of the move that's, that's going on here. Um, you've seen them not be able to hold on to players and some of the moves they made, even on defense, some of the draft picks that they've tried to make haven't panned out going and getting Bud Dupree hasn't exactly panned out the way they thought it was going to. They hemorrhaged offensive linemen this off season. You know, a couple of their big offensive linemen are now churning things up for Buffalo, which has been an improvement for them. And I think right now, it feels like the Titans are placing a little bit of blame on the roster construction for the fact that they're a winning team, but they're they're zero and five against teams that would be in the playoffs. They're seven and five as a team, so that pretty well tells you you're on track to make the playoffs. Your division sucks, but you're not going to go anywhere. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I I can't I guess necessarily fault them for that. It's that's it's part of the reason why I've continued to pick them to be a bad team the past couple of years, and they've definitely outperformed their expectations. On OBJ's thing really quick, I just want to chime in since I'm having issues with my computer today, and I, I caught some of that. Um, I do hope that he gets a chance to sign with someone because I'd just like to see him be able to go out on his own terms, but I think the fact that this is, what, the second ACL in less than a year like that's probably worrisome. I was really hoping he would land with the Cowboys just to get a chance to see him uh, kind of get at least one more shot into the playoffs. I am happy he got Super Bowl last year. That was that was great to see. Because for all being honest, he was I think the reason the Rams were going to run away with that Super Bowl win early on with how well he was performing. He went down and that Rams offense completely changed. Thursday night preview, we've got the Raiders and the Rams in this one. Uh, For the Raiders side here, Josh Jacobs is listed as questionable. Do you think that the Raiders can can back into the playoff discussion? You know, a few weeks ago I would have said no, but now they're five and seven. Um, I still think it's a real long shot because I've thought for a while you need ten wins to get into the playoffs, which would basically mean – the Raiders have no zero margin for error. They would need to win all the rest of their games. But it's fascinating. They seem to be surging. They've come back pretty big and caught up with the Chargers, who now look like they're kind of reeling and have a hard schedule. All of a sudden, you know, 
I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I think most of us think the Raiders have a better chance on Thursday night. They could be looking at being six and seven. This is kind of the position they were in last year where we thought, oh, you know, they've, they've missed it. And they really surged at the end, put together all these wins and snuck into the playoffs. Would they be able to make much of a run or make much hay in the playoffs? You know, probably not, but they do seem like they can get back up. And, you know, I think we all going into the season thought that they were a candidate to have eight to 10 wins. And if they get in that nine, 10 win range, that could be enough with how competitive and how bunched the AFC is becoming to potentially get in there. And they, I think, now have the tiebreaker over the Chargers, who just, I don't know what's going on with the Chargers. I don't either. It's very frustrating as as someone who I believe I picked them to get to the AFC championship game. Maybe I picked them to get to the Super Bowl. I can't remember. But I know I had them going far. I think the injuries are definitely a part of it. But my goodness, I I just can't. I I can't. I like the name change there. Okay, what did I change my name to? I don't don't know. Uh, But, yeah, it's just been very frustrating. For, for the Chargers, but I'm with you. I mean, they could, I guess, technically get back in it. What did you say? They're four and seven right now? Five and seven? Yeah. So, I mean. They're, they're five and seven. I, you know, I'm picking the Raiders tomorrow. Dennis is too. I'd be shocked, honestly, if the Rams won at this point in time because they seem to have nothing going on. That would put them at six and seven. Uh, let's look at their their schedule real quick. The, the thing is, you know, we're seeing now the Ravens. Uh, look like they might have a similar problem to yeah. what they had last year because they seemingly can't win without Lamar. They have the Rams, then they get a 10-day layoff in there at the Patriots. That becomes a really crucial game because game. both those teams are really fighting for a last playoff spot. They have at the Steelers, they go to the 49ers, and again, you would have said two weeks ago, well, that's a loss, but they're home against the 49ers, what are the 49ers going to look like with Brock Purdy? And we know the Raiders have been consistently putting up points. And then it comes down to the final game of the season where they're playing the Chiefs. And if the Chiefs have already kind of locked in their seed, it's potential they don't have anything to play for. So when you start looking at that schedule, if they can get that win against the Patriots and they win as you would expect them to win against the Rams and the Steelers, you know, Three more wins would have them at eight and seven, and then you're looking at uh, potentially, you know, being on the cusp. And the way everything's going in the AFC, you've seen the AFC East. I would wager quite a few of those teams are going to be right around 500 now. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals and the Ravens are fighting. Um, you know, I'm actually not putting it out of the realm of possibility the Steelers could climb back into it with the way they're playing and the way everything's tracking. I think they have a great chance to beat the Ravens on Sunday and move to six and seven too. And you could be making a similar case for these. There are a lot of division games for all these teams down the stretch. I don't think the Chargers win on Sunday night, so they probably drop to six and seven. So now maybe you're opening the door to nine wins getting you in, which is what ended up happening last year. We just had this huge pack of teams that all either surged at the end or faded at the end and kind of bunched up together. Jets, you know, the Jets are a team that – you know, given their schedule and some of the things they, they have seven wins already, but you could see them coming back to the pack. So you could see like the six and seven seeds in the AFC kind of more in flux. 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, I feel like even though they are still only one game up over the Jets with Miami and Cincinnati, who are eight and four, like I feel like they're somewhat safe at the five seed right or six. I'm sorry, Miami's at the six seed, right? They're sitting at eight and four right now. I feel like they're somewhat safe yeah. to make the playoffs. But as you just mentioned, the Jets, who are in the seven seed, and New England, who's currently in the eight seed, Jets are seven and five. New England six and six. And the Chargers are right side outside of that at six and six. Then the Raiders at five and seven, Cleveland at five and seven, Pitt at five and seven. I kind of feel like even though technically Indy and Jacksonville are still in it at four and eight, I kind of feel like they're out of it. So it's going to come down to the Chargers, Raiders, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. That's going to be very interesting watching that go. As you just mentioned, because the Raiders also have that massive matchup next week against New England, especially if they're able to get that win tomorrow night against the Rams. For the Rams side, Aaron Donald out, John Walford questionable. We just talked about earlier, they signed Baker Mayfield. Like, I think if we see him, the Rams are all, the Rams are already in a bad spot. If Baker's forced to go out there, I think it's going to look really, really bad. Yeah, I guess the question – so I don't think he starts because I don't know how a guy that's been on the roster for 30 hours starts. If he's active – you know, I guess a little bit is going to be what happens to John Walford, too, because when you start talking about a neck injury, that's really not something you want to mess with. It sounded like the way they were talking was there was a lot of concern that Walford needed to also go on IR. Then is Baker just an emergency quarterback? If this game ends up getting lopsided, do they put him in to let him run a few plays against live action to see what he can do? I mean, they essentially have, you would almost call it a preseason level lineup that they're rolling out there anyway, because the Rams have offensive line issues. They're missing their two marquee receivers. Not entirely sure what they're doing in the backfield. So I actually would put the odds probably more like 50-50 for seeing Baker. I think if the game was on Sunday, I'd put it at 100% we see Baker. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm hoping that he's able to go out there and at least do something. But bad offensive line, no real weapons around him. Like, he just left a, a bad situation, go to a worse situation. The only thing I can think of is maybe – maybe because the Rams have no draft picks whatsoever. And maybe they think Matt Stafford might be retiring after everything going on with him this year, that they're hoping to hold on to Baker to keep him as like a stopgap for a year. But I don't know how great that even that is. Like it's, it's going to be bad right now. I think. Well, the, the other reason I think that they might put him out there is from what I gathered, you know, they, the Rams have a pretty complex offensive system that they've had to, take back several levels because of the quarterbacks that they've had to put out there. So having a simplified system, I don't know. It, this has not been the season I expected for the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm pretty sure I had them comfortably winning the NFC. Uh... Dennis had the Rams Chargers in the Super Bowl. We talked about yeah. it on Monday. It's just been a, like, a, oh, my God. Yeah, uh, so you mentioned you and Dennis are both taking the Raiders, as am I. Uh, hopefully a good game tomorrow night. Hopefully my internet will be working on Friday because I'm having all kinds of issues over here. I'm, it's really starting. I'm about to like throw my, my hand through this computer because uh, I do not know what is going on. But 
We will be back on Friday, Dennis, Matt, and myself, to recap that Thursday night game and preview the rest of week 14, the last week of the regular season, getting ready for the fantasy playoffs. It's almost over with. Yep. All right. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Everybody have a great day. Go football.